0: Hey everybody, before we get started, uh, this show will always be free, but we want to let you know uh, that we have a Patreon, and if you would like to support us monetarily, you can find us there at patreon.com slash the fandom show. For a couple bucks a month, you can listen to episodes early, you can read our monthly newsletter, or you can get episodes of our patron exclusive, uh, The Fan Club, where we talk about all of our micro fandoms in greater depth. Um, So if you want to get any of those awesome exclusives, or you just want to throw a couple bucks towards helping us make fandom fun, come join in the fun at patreon.com slash the fandom show
1: hello 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 and welcome to the fandom show the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites i'm stephanie malik and i am kaya green and today we're talking about space the final frontier. That's not the beginning That's of this no, show. No, you, you, <laughs> you, you, damn you it! the wrong <laughs> one.
0: You got the oh,
2: wrong one. damn it. Wow. It's Star Trek Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Deep you know, Space it, uh, Nine. The attempt was there. I appreciate it. You know what? Thank she you. gets points. She gets points. Thank, Thank you. 10 oh points God. off a buff. 10 Thank points you. off a buff. Thank, Thank you so much.
0: What do you know about DS9? Clearly <laughs> <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I know a bit through like pop culture but uh, my family was a TNG family uh, mm. and then once that uh ended they didn't really hook on to any of the other series and so it didn't Kind of pass through uh, my purview too much, so I know a few a few details here and there, but not anything in depth. What about you?
0: Yeah, I, I have the same issue. Is that I have had a very um, a TNG family and a very um, Voyager Voyagers uh, Janeway, right? Yes. 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 Uh, very Voyager family, and I really missed the the in between <laughs> there, which is really unfortunate for me because I know a ton of people love DS Nine. But Steph, do you know who does know a lot of? About DS9. Who? Uh, it is our guest today, Hisham Kaladi. Uh, he has performed. Organic. <laughs> organic. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it Smooth, so good? Isn't it? Um, he's performed <laughs> at Just for Laughs Montreal, at JFL Toronto, open for Mark Marin, Chris Redd, and Trevor K. Wilson, and can be heard regularly on CBC The Debaters. And his debut comedy album was nominated uh, for a Juno for Comedy Album of the Year in 2022. Hisham, welcome to the podcast. I'm very glad to be here. I'm very glad to have I know, you here. I know
2: my voice doesn't sound as if I am, but I'm genuinely excited. I'm just saving all my energy for the killing.
0: You are just so ready for I business. I am
2: pumped. Okay?
0: Hisham came into the room today and immediately was like, I'm here to work. <laughs> and I'm so excited I for that takes energy. and I'm ready for that. Let's them. go. Okay, right. um, amazing. We're starting from scratch. Absolutely.
1: Imagine someone, could be me, I don't know, uh, knows nothing about Star Trek or Deep Space Nine. How would you get them in?
2: The original series in the '60s was a uh, fever dream by Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know what? That's a good description and, of fever it, dream. It,
2: it literally was. It was, a, it was a, the campiest, like, uh, like uh, gayest uh, 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 um, uh, stage thing ever. Yeah. Like, it was just the sexual tension between everyone was palpable, and like, the I, 60s, and man. I and DC Fontana was just like, yes, I was including. Like a uh, gay subtext to everything because you know a lot of the writers were gay but I couldn't say because it, it was the sixties. Oh, I didn't know uh, so that. So uh, it was just like you know they, they, there's a lot of Tumblr fan art with like <laughs> Spock and Kirk shirtless making out, and I'm like, yeah, I see this. This tracks. <laughs> this is this is uh, in 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 the in the in the culture. This this counts.
0: Yeah, well, that's actually the origin of fan fiction. Shut the first the fan f- no, fiction that, ever f- written
2: was between uh, Spock yeah. and Kirk.
0: That is that is an actual <sighs> pop culture history fact that Spock and Kirk years started fan fiction. Track,
2: and never in my life did I think I would learn a new piece of. Oh my Thank God! You my very God. Much. Yes. That makes so much sense. Well, okay, because there's so many hot takes. Okay, okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> original series, it gets canceled, it gets brought back uh, um, with TNG, mm. and again, it was very Roddenberry heavy. He ran everything. It was an extension of his sleek, no fat, you know, utopian, yeah. uh, 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 you know, no money, anti-capitalist like uh, perspective. Very little conflict, right, between okay. the characters. Okay, so that's that was the thing. So his whole thing was. Uh, We live in an altruistic society, so everyone's dealt with their problems. We have therapy daily, you know, they're putting CBD in all the replicated foods. Everyone's chill all the time. (laughs) So there's so that that, because they wanted it to be philosophical takes, and it wanted to be an extension of how these people who work together, who have a unified uh, perspective, deal with an outside uh, conflicting force, which was very alien of the week. And then, unfortunately, Gene Roddenberry dies um, uh, early on in the seasons, and he gets taken over by a few producers who had he had brought in almost as like uh, acolytes. These you know guys who would rise up the ranks. And Rick Berman ended up becoming the new Roddenberry, so he's kind of shepherding everything. And TNG kind of transitions a little later. It's um, less episodic, philosophical, and they kind of have like uh, um, carryover episodes. It's it's a little more um, more arcs, uh, yes, and. So, Berman and Paramount was loving it. Berman's like, okay, they want you to write another TV show, and we basically want you to write a Western in space. So, that's how DS9 ends up folding out, it's, it, which is, they were like, okay, if you have Journeymen, if... TOS and TNG's ships going out. What if it's like to have like a frontier town in the boonies and you have like a sheriff, you got a new mayor, uh, you know, you have the uh, country doctor, uh, you have like that uh, uh, jack of all trades kind of drunk in the corner, which is O'Brien, obviously. (laughs) And so they, and it kind of shifted tonally. And the big thing, which is, was, and (laughs) again, this is really dark, but like God is dead. Roddenberry's out of the picture. They're kind of shepherding this now. So like we can do what we want, which was, and a lot of writers and like, TOS and TNG writers, even until the end of TNG, were complaining. There's no conflict between people. And when they do, it's like a potential love triangle between Troy and Riker and Worf that right. really isn't a. Uh, and even. <laughs> The conflicts between Worf and his son, which like, uh, bring me back for that because uh, TNG <laughs> is entirely daddy issues, but, it, but, but the, the problem <laughs> really with those is. two is like, even then it's so heavy handed because just like, we got to stuff every possible thing we can in this, you know, 15 minutes in this one B story or C storyline that we can because it's an actual conflict between like a father and son or yeah. Lakswana and her, and her mom, even but it's very campy. But on DS9, they purposely picked characters who ha- would have conflicting ideologies so that there would be constantly conflict at any given point because we don't have the option of going out to space to finding um, kind of an alien of the week. They wanted more stationary. Uh, It became more serialized, which is a huge departure uh, from the um, franchise because it's just a ship through space. Uh, And that kind of in itself uh, built... a different perspective. It became significantly darker, which was Ooh. not necessarily something liked because uh, you know the first couple episodes is very like religious oriented. There's fanaticism. There's uh, um, the references to an occupation, uh, um, uh, almost a kind of like a um, um, World War II vibe, or you could say a Middle Eastern vibe, right, or, because in, there's in conflict,
0: two warring factions. Uh, theoretically,
2: right? yes. The, the Bajorans were uh, heavily religious, uh, um, who were oppressed by literal colonizers, Cardassians, and it's very brutal. And they do some reference, and again, it's. Very dark. You're just expecting a new alien every week, and yeah. you no know, friendship overcoming tribbles. adversity. Yeah, that's it. Oh, <laughs> oh, well, We're going to talk about triples for sure. Uh, but and then uh, the big thing was they included war, which again, a lot of the conflicts in TNG or TOS, it's alluded to. Maybe they threw a movie, you know, the Klingon war between you know Kirk and, and um, his random adversary, Kang or whomever. But here, for the last, I think it's like from five, six, and seven. Started in four, but five, six, seven is a three-year, three-season. Arc about the war, and it gets so dark. Uh, one of my favorite episodes is uh, the Siege of AR Five Five Eight, and it's just a like um, it's like World War One, where uh, I don't know if you guys have seen the uh, All All on the Western Front, yep. but it's the idea that where like at the end, you know, <laughs> this is the most horrible graphic of war ever. Um, there was a single line between let's say France and, and and Germany, and it never moved more than like two hundred feet either mm-hmm. way for like five years, and like a hundred million people died. Yeah. and they did that as a allegory in this perspective, where it's just some arbitrary asteroid planet in between uh, Dominion occupied space and, and Federation occupied space and it's just like <laughs> the eight dudes just murdering each other over and over and Whoa. over again and it gets so dark because you have like Nog who's this little Ferengi boy he's like a little piece of shit ruffian kind of like a Huckleberry Finn vibe who ends up being this very stoic um, um, Federation officer Starfleet officer and he goes to war and he's it's kind of like all in and west front he's like I'm gonna go and do my duty and the end of it he's like hey, he's got PTSD he lost his leg oh dear and lord there's a whole I, and he has to like come to terms with like I think it's disability which is something they don't talk about in the yeah. original Trek uh, and him having severe PTSD and like he throws himself in some hologram uh, uh, about like he literally lives in the Hall of Suite in a 1950s Las Vegas like gambling and having fun he's like everything's fine while he's crying oh my god it's like you, guys, you haven't hugged your uncle or your dad in like six weeks bro like come out come to therapy and oh I'm like 15 being like uh-huh oh my so god. Like, where, where, where are the alien boobs and this is what I came for <laughs> I'm so why, why are you making me feel um, I hate this. You're making me examine myself. Literally. And, and that was a thing. Like, uh, um, again, I have like a whole chronology when I want to get to, but uh, I'll, I'll, it's just jazz at this point. Like, uh, the captain in itself, very different from um, other captains you've seen. Right, first yes. of all, first black slash African-American because he's American. Uh, they made him a single dad, and his wife got killed during a major— um, uh, episode in TNG when the uh, Wolf uh, 359, where the Ooh. the Borg attack uh, uh, Earth, you know, uh, but Picard's all, you know, Borg, it's a whole thing, and yep. just as an illusion, which I enjoy because, like, they, they only talk about in TNG every once in a while. It's like, hey, remember when our captain committed a massive war crime? And, Whoops. And, yep. You know, and um, then they gave him the back the keys to the flagship. Again, TNG's a mess, and he's back in charge, but you know, hundreds of ships got destroyed. Thousands of people were killed, and the opening of DS9 is a, like, four minute montage where the ship that Cisco, the then commander, is uh, the, the assisting on is like a throwaway line in the TNG uh, Borg ah. episodes and they he, like his wife's pinned down he's trying to his, his son is like maybe like five or six and his bullying best friend picks him up he's like you know, Ben we gotta get out he's like but I have to save my wife and he's like trying to lift this pillow to this fire everywhere and then it cuts to him like maybe five or six years later just very stoic raising his son by himself having to get a new assignment DS9 from Picard who oh. was the guy who did uh. Murder Life and it's so like the, it's so much tension in like 10 minutes, I'm like, um, I, I came here for spaceships. Like, I don't know why this what? is yeah. a weird social geopolitical thing. Where and, like, are the
0: guns going pew pew?
2: Oh, they, they don't pew pew for all. Like, two seasons. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's just. They r- just
0: deal with the consequences that's of what the I'm pew pew. pew. And, uh,
2: and, like, that is, like, what every sci-fi nerd's dream is. Like, uh, you, like you, the pew pew is great, but the consequences is, like, yeah. like, I'm, like, I like hard sci-fi. like a little deeper, less, uh, um, right. you know, Marvel, more, like, you know, Stargate. Like a, You like want
0: to know where the gravity's coming I, from.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I love the techno babble because I'm like, yep, yeah, that makes sense. That tracks. Like, I, I just, I love the little beep, boop. Like you want the, it to feel real. That's it. Yeah, but yeah. this was too real. This was too real. I wish I was older when I watched this because I was young. Kid, going from TOS to TNG to this, I'm like, oh, like it made me like, yeah. oh my God. I'm, like, I'm doing like calculus. That like, I'm it, just like, oh my God, what happens to, what happens to uh, Kira? she's going to make it? Like it's just so job. heavy. It, it changes you. Absolutely. But again, uh, I arguably would say it's. Like uh, I'm gonna get a lot of flack for this, but I would say all in all encompassing the best of the T uh, the um, the Star Trek franchises, Ooh. just because it has everything.
1: Yeah, right.
2: There's it's a, it's a mix of everything. Uh, you get a little bit more conflict. Like they, again, I'm gonna sound like an old boomer when it comes to Star Trek opinions, but all the new stuff where they do exclusively socio uh, political issues, which is great. Like TOS, but then there's like no. Um, Connection to Star Trek. Like, they, this could just be its own sci fi show. Like, there's right. no real connection. Like, DS9 hit everything. The, it's the perfect overlap on the Venn diagram of like everything you would want. And uh, it's like the wire in space. It's just real greedy and heavy. Amazing. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's the best one, hands down.
0: And how did you get into this?
2: Yeah. Accidentally. <laughs> I My mom, when we came to Canada, uh, showed me Star Trek. On uh, the original series on TV because that was like one of four shows that broadcast off of like a random American military base signal that like, we could get in East Africa it was like uh, Gilligan's Island, uh, The Man from Uncle. Uh, Mission Impossible, the TV show back then and original series. Whoa, what a selection.
1: Dang. Sorry? What a selection. I know,
2: I know. Absolutely. There's no overlap. There's just like, yeah, these are, uh, uh, there's no trademarks. Yeah. Just, just, have just, have <laughs> some shows. <laughs> I don't know. And my mom would watch them and then, but it would be in English but someone could like hear it over the radio in Tigrayna, the original language. So like the next day, all the kids would get together and my mom and her siblings would explain what was happening on TV while someone explained like, the logic behind it and they would just recreate it and, and so we come to Canon and I watch it so I'm like, this is amazing! And then TNG was already playing when we got here so then I fell into that and then I, I'm from Ottawa so we don't have Toronto channels so we had City TV which was like a specialty channel and then one day on like a weekend I saw DS9 and I'm like, why is the Captain Black? Is this, what happened to Picard? Did something bad happen? Like, oh, what, what is this weird uh, alternate universe? I'm like, oh, there's a new franchise and I just burned through all of it and then right. it was great, absolutely great. Amazing.
1: Uh, So we talked a bit about Benjamin Sisko, but the captain's always, like, the big key character of it. Can you, like, give us a depth about this man? What's his deal? What makes him uh, either a great or a complicated captain? Uh,
2: Very, very complicated. Because this is, again, like... So in Star Trek, there's no real religion. They live in, like, an uh, ultra-realistic, you know, like, a a utopia where uh, we're past the confines of uh, organized religion. So it's just... You know, they have customs, so, like, it's kind of corny when, like, a Klingon, uh, like, this is one episode of TNG, and I wrote an article, I think, I think uh, um, we can uh, attest to this, but, like, Worf is this complicated character where he's just dumped, he's, like, a a little ethnic boy dumped in, you know, white human society, and so he's, you know, misses his culture, so he, like, looks up on Wikipedia, things you do in Klingons, (laughs) and then he finds this thing where, like, every year he's supposed to get, like, re Tested as a man. Like uh Klingons are very like sadistic. It's like a
0: militaristic. Huge right.
2: militarist very like uh, macho everything. Like the it's like Rocky but they're all yeah. got foreheads. Constant. Rites of passages. A- abs and so this is it, so this was literally a rite of <laughs> passage for him. it's like a yearly puberty check where it's like he's still a man how huh, you pussy you still a man oh. and so he, he's all alone he's like I don't have any Klingon friends to do it with and like how do Wesley who's this 14 year old boy finds out about it and he gets all his friends like Jordi and Data and uh, Pulaski which like you know again uh, we'll talk about TNG uh, Pulaski <laughs> was a complete waste of a character she was fantastic a complete complete waste of a character uh, but she kind of leads this thing she's like okay you know what Worf's sad he's alone he's isolated we're his friends we should understand you know we're multicultural it's a whole thing. Federation is a literally a federation of different types <laughs> of cultures. So he's like, okay, let's Google this. What 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 is it? And it's just him going through a gauntlet of like holograph Klingons with pain sticks and it goes from like level three to level 15 in terms of pain and he has to go he's like I'm a man and he just gets sh- electroshocked by the first two and his friends are just walking, he just goes like, I'm a man and he just gets ele- again electroshocked. Oh. and it's just a series of him being shot and it's just uh, he, he's screaming and it's like really classic 90s uh, um, uh, CGI where they oh, just found yeah. a computer so it's like that weird like electricity, cartoon electricity yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and he's just screaming Screaming, going, I'm a man, and just getting electrocuted, <laughs> and his friends are standing there, and like even as a child, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, there's such a thing as too much diversity, like this yeah. is messed up. <laughs> this is the this future is...
0: Republicans want. I, I, literally, literally, <laughs> and
2: and so, but that's just like customs. But then you go into DS9, and uh, again, I think it was something that they wanted to touch on because it was not, I don't want to say restricted, but like. Roddenberry had a vision. He's just like, like problems, but now they're in space. Like it's just like I, I wanna reunify people. <laughs> so, so DS9 starts introducing elements like religion, like actual religion. Like these people are adherents to an organized structure. They have gods, they have levels, they have uh priests and priestesses. And um I I, I get it, and like again, this is like the '90s, so like these are all the first time these ideas have ever been had. Like I, you know, as a millennial, it's a twenty twenty. I'm like, I can look back and be like, that was fucking stupid. But like <laughs> now, I'm like, if this is a. He's like, and we, and and then the captain is also a messiah. Oh, so boy. like at 15, I'm like, this is genius. Older, like in a post lost world, I'm like, that was a terrible story choice. <laughs> completely ruined you. So. So he's a single dad dealing with PTSD. Uh, um, He's uh, raising, he basically takes a position that's, out in the middle of nowhere. It's, it's meant to be a low key in the boonies like I'm just in charge of this little dinky town. It's just administrative work. Yeah. I can I can connect with my son. I, I I can he's now, you know, growing up. He's he's becoming a man. I can teach him values talking to him with his mom, yeah. you know, help him <laughs> struggle through it. But also he hears voices from ghosts in a wormhole oh, dear telling him he's the messiah. And like so that like for me I'm like it's hard enough especially as like a um um uh, every brooks the guy who plays uh Benjamin Cisco. He's a he's He's like old school. He's like 80. Like he grew up in the civil rights movement in, in, in America. So oh, yeah. he's just like, I'm going to make this shit black as hell. Like I'm the first black captain. I'm gonna do. And then just like, by the way, you're also a prophet. He's like, ah, fuck. Like there's this weird extra added dimension. And so that complicates things. And like that's um, – First couple of seasons, I'll, I'll be honest. Like uh, for most treks, the first two seasons are wild. Like it's yeah. just people trying to get their feet in the ground, get some traction. Yeah. So DS Nine is like the first two seasons. It's just weirdly relig- overly religious. Like they have like uh, bombings for separatists. I uh, um, um what? It's, it's almost like um, uh, uh, Protestants the Catholics, and the you know the like the Troubles era kind of that that kind of the allegory, and it's just really weird and. It kind of solidifies, but they're just like, oh, you know what? Instead of going two hundred percent, maybe we should go to like, like <laughs> kind fifteen. Of, kind of pull this back, and they kind of give him a little bit more uh, to do. And um, the exciting thing about him is when they start the war, and this is a storyline where um, they start trying to incorporate uh, um, elements of like geopolitical things. So you you start seeing like how Romulans, uh, who are like a uh, regional power, or Cardassians, or Klingons are facing slowly through the last half of the series he ends up becoming inadvertently a general in a galactic war Oops. because of what, I know right he, he's just he's like okay you know what I got slightly more paperwork I gotta go to church on Sundays that's fine I can still raise my son <laughs> but on top of that he's like oh I have the fate of the galaxy in my hands as well and so a, a guy who's defined by war you know the traumas of having lived through the biggest war at that point which was the Borg uh, invasion of earth is now leading everything and like uh, there's a joke where the first couple of seasons he has hair and no facial, uh, um, his hair and no facial hair. And um, (laughs) it was something where there were like Picard was bald, so they didn't want like two back-to-back right, bald right. guys. Yeah. But like you see him, like oh, solely like, then get a, get a goatee, and it's like, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. And then then one of the seasons, like his hair disappears, and it's like almost like he's aging, like like you can see the character literally physically progressing and right. getting older. The eight years of Obama. Photos. Oh my god! And like and the I'm, like the wrinkles, all yeah. oh. one for every battle he's kind of gone through. <laughs> oh no! And it it it's really funny because like um, he's. He, I guess the whole like him being a prophet on like a, like a messiah has kind of like leveled him up because like he, his position becomes more and more important, so he has to take bigger, bigger, uh, bigger um, uh, decisions and the, the consequences are even more. And so this is this is why I think DS9 is the best. Uh, and I will go hands on. Like I'm I'm a Kirk man. He's the first. He's my first captain. It's like Doctor Who. Whoever the first yeah, Doctor yeah, was yeah. is your Doctor. It's but your like, SNL cast. That's, you know? yeah. 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 Um, will Ferrell.
0: Uh, but like <laughs> there but we go. I, I am
2: a Kirkman I am a Kirkman through and through I have a million pictures I've, I paid s- an obscene amount of money to take pictures of William Shatner at Fat Expos <gasps> I love him to death but the, in terms of complexity and just absolute range Benjamin Sisko is him because at one point the war is atrocious the Klingons have abandoned uh, um, the Federation they're going basically alone at it and the Romulans who are a massive regional power are neutral they're, they're, they're basically like space Nazis but they're right. going uh, um, uh, completely neutral like Switzerland they're like we just want to see how things go because maybe the Federation doesn't lose but maybe they, they lose power it's a war of attrition yeah. the other guys leave we can just swoop in war's going badly there's literally an episode where he's just standing in front of a computer screen it's just name scrolling of dead from all the other ships oh that's heavy he's again the series is heavy AF no kidding so he's standing there and he's like I gotta figure something out and the thing that would Change the tide of the war would be the introduction of the Romulans on their side, because then the Klingons would come back. It'd be three-pronged. It'd be like sixty percent against forty percent. If you're going in terms of forces, it's like uh, the Americans joining World War One, World War Two. It just changes the tide of everything. But there's no way. The Romulans, so they're, they're like a secretive. Uh, um, they love espionage. They got spies everywhere. They, they know the game. Okay, right. they're, they're isolationists. Russians. They're Russians. Yeah. Uh, technically, I think the Klingons would be like the Russians as an allegory, and the Romulans would be like more of like the Chinese. Oh. Okay. Uh, but again, the thing about Star Trek is, is evergreen. You can just put whomever. Yeah. I yeah, think yeah. It was I would say in terms of vibe, because like they're technologically advanced, or at least the, of
0: the time. Of the time. That, yes. That that. that and
2: the Romulans, they don't give a shit. So what does he do? Car, or, uh, sorry, uh, Cisco goes to the resident spy on the station, Elam Garrick. He's a Cardassian uh, uh, carryover. He's been abandoned by them for um, you find out for again daddy issues. But he's been abandoned, and he's just he's just a simple man who owns a little tailor shop. He's a cute little guy, and like one of the best things about his character is they don't really allude to it because, and again, I will talk about Rick Berman, that motherfucker, very <laughs> anti LGBTQ. It refused to introduce that element and like the writers would just be like kiss kiss and we'll figure it out after like they, they want to have like, that kind that of romance they didn't they didn't specify it but he was only meant to be in like the first season as kind of like a he's like a Broadway guy he, he come, comes in just to like spice things up and like uh, yeah. you know be a star and leave but they loved him so much but he basically plays gay but he's just like maybe I am playing gay maybe
0: I'm not oh uh, yes gay. gay of the time oh yeah, yeah.
2: And, and so they he, he, he introduced and there's this kind of like budding little romance between him and Julian Bashir it's like this little cute thing <gasps> but he can't they can't ever be out with it because like Berman would be like no so he plays it like that and he's just this cute little guy he's like I'm just in my tailor shop I'm just uh, minding my business <laughs> I, a I'm tailor a yeah, yeah that's uh, okay. <laughs> so the thing about him though is and he never alludes to it but like it's kind of an open secret is he is a master spy this man was their head of the CIA like he is the guy. You want to get shit done? He got it done before you needed it to get done.
1: Do they know he's a spy?
2: So they know, but it's never confirmed. It's kind of like a, it's like, what did you used to do before you, the war? You go, <laughs> This is one scene before it. Julian's like, uh, so what, Garrick, what did you do before the war? And he's like, I don't know. What do you think I did before the war? Like, it's just like, I don't, like he never admits it. He's like, it's, it's like, a, are, are, is anything you tell the truth? He goes, maybe it is the truth. He goes, how about the lies? Are they true? He goes, the lies are especially true. Like, it's just <gasps> never an open thing. So Cisco goes to him.
0: Very funny, sir. I just have to add that that is the like most spy behavior. Like, I feel like if you're a spy, answer questions. <laughs> You've got to be direct. That will throw people off. But if you're like, I don't if somebody know. Said, Yeah, if somebody said to me, the lies are the most true, I'd be like, so you were a spy then. You oh. did bad shit. And, <laughs>
2: like, and that's the so. thing. They they know he did bad shit. They know he's capable of doing bad shit. And when he needed bad shit done, Cisco was like, locked him in a room. He's like, listen, the wharf is fucking going terribly. I, mean, I need you. Help. Help. Garrick's like, all right, I'll, I don't know, I'll figure something out. And I'll come back in a couple of days. And he just goes into his room. And it's, I don't want to. It's, it's called In the Pale Moonlight. And the story is, and it's, it's again, format-wise, they changed the shit out of it for DS9. He, he's, um, they do, like, personal logs off the top. It's basically just an excuse to do exposition to set up what the episode is. And uh, Cisco is, like, jacket off, collar open. He's got a double scotch. He's staring into the camera, and he's doing a personal log. And he's basically, like he's making a log but he's talking to you and he's a Broadway actor so like the stage presence he like the framing is just the couch and him when he gets up he like fills fills the space and he's telling the story about how things are going so badly and he just needed help so he went he did the one thing he shouldn't have done which was go to the one guy who could get it done but like just it can't and Garrix is like it'll be our little secret like I'll help you Uh out don't worry and he hatches this diabolical plan where they fake a recording that alludes to the bad guys that are Dominion, uh, planning on attacking the Romulans. It's like secret information. It, it's it's like a, um, it's completely fabricated. It's a little mm-hmm. fake hologram thing. Right. Garrick gets a guy to help him, but that guy needs a deal done. And Sisko's like, okay, fine. But it's like, for like him needs like, basically, he, he acquainted to like, he wanted like a uh, 100 milligrams of like anthrax. He's like, what does he need it for? He goes, oh, I didn't ask questions. You want to get your shit done? He says, what this is how it happens. This is backroom politics. and oh boy. You kind of see like the altruistic, like he's trying to be like a, you know, like a Ulysses S. Grant or like a Julius Caesar, trying to be like a good, strong leader, like a, Kind of things. Like, ah, all right. But then Garrick knows that he can't give the anthrax to this guy because this guy will go like murder like orphans. Like he's just a terrible person. So Garrick kills him. He's like, ah, don't worry. You know what? I solved the problem for you. He goes, you murdered a guy? It's like, yeah, you wanted to get shit done. This is how we get done. Like, oh, you know, there's no clean yeah. hands. Like, it's like Beth, uh, oh bloody boy. as hell, you know? Oh boy. And it just keeps, like, it's just a, like, literally a slow and slow avalanche. There's like three more assassination attempts. They kill the ambassador for the Romulans. There's a whole thing. They, they find this little, but the way it worked out was, that hologram, while fake, when he, the ambassador, they gave it to him. It's like, look, see, look, we found evidence. And he goes, no, this is fake. I'm taking this back home to show everybody that you were willing to make fake shit to draw us into this war. <laughs> he leaves in a shuttle with his fake evidence. Unbeknownst to him, again, Garrick is a motherfucker. Put a, uh, a Dominion bomb, bomb in the, on the-, on the shuttle. Oh. It gets halfway home. It blows up. So it looks like this shuttle that was sent from DS9 with vile information that he couldn't share, but he he, he was going to share it to them, he was going to show it to them, got blown up by a Dominion bomb, and that evidence was a hologram thing that showed that the Dominion was going to invade Romulan. And they were like, what? How could you? Thank you so much, Federation, for giving us this information. We're going to join the war. Mm. And it just completely moved it forward. And Cisco just stands there he's like, what I did was tantamount to several war crimes. I've lost all credibility with myself. I'm not the man I used to be, but I just saved the galaxy. Just drinks. He goes, delete everything. And it just episode ends. Oh, And it's just this thing where like, you, it's like, you know what? The ends justify the means. He's oh like, God. I, I have shit. And that would never happen with Picard or, or no. Janeway or, or maybe Shatner because uh, Kirk is a motherfucker. But like, <laughs> and, like it, 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 and that's like the complexity of like at one point, he's so hurt that, his security guard that he was best friends with betrays him and basically joins a terrorist organization, organization. although albeit if you look at it politically they they're like defending themselves like it's not a bad thing again it's like that gray area that he's so pissed that this guy took weapons from him he used his friendship it, the, between the two of them, to take advantage, to take ships and supplies. Eddington, he's Canadian. The character was Canadian, which made me laugh. He stole a bunch of stuff, and Cisco was so livid. He's like, "Get my ship and get every fucking torpedo we got!" And they fly it after him. They find an entire planet he's hiding on a massive planet, and he's like, "You beam up with all your people and all your guns, or I will fuck you up." And they're like, "All right, we'll call your bluff, Mister Like Goody Two Shoes," and he drops. What is effectively a, a bomb that's filled with biological weapons that makes the planet unlivable? Oh my god! So oh my you god. literally see the planet slowly going from this beautiful, like, orange, exotic orange to just gray as like things die. Ugh. And they're like, what? what? What are you? kidding? like, and this is Cisco. This is Cisco. He's like, I told you, I don't fuck around. They all beam up and he arrests the shit out of them, and they fly back and. Everyone is like shocked except for Worf, the Klingon. He's like, Yeah! (laughs) This is uh, is the best job ever. You are a man.
0: (laughs) You are a man. So, in terms of complexity,
2: I'm like, I think he's got it.
0: Oh my gosh. Well, yeah, um, uh, uh, okay. Uh, uh. We don't have time to, frankly, uh, cover everything that there is here. But Please, no, no, no.
2: I'll give you both points. <laughs> uh, you, uh, you like, uh, well, um,
0: but I was going to ask <laughs> oh, uh, some other characters, yes. some other key characters. Obviously, like I know there's a lot, but what what are some other key characters like worth noting?
2: Um, so they uh, this is really fun at the start of season 4 they brought in Worf who was Michael Dorn uh, uh, basically to boost ratings and it did it worked Uh, they gave him a lot more flexibility instead of just being the uh, can we shoot the ship captain he's like no and that was his whole storyline other than being a bad dad in all of TNG but (laughs) he has like he's a little more complex they they kind of like the Drax the Destroyer Nick Offerman character from Parks and Rec plays a lot well Um, (laughs) uh, Miles O'Brien is Columini, you know really good uh, uh old school Irish actor, he's very, very good, like he's, their Tom Hanks, um, they brought him, again, as, to boost, uh, uh um, uh, ratings, because they wanted to do, like, a tie-over episode with TNG, where, like, it's like, oh, Picard's in this new one, like, a kind of a thing, where he's just, he's like a good, like, everyman kind of dude, where, uh, you slowly find out in the, in TNG, it's almost like little, like, uh, facts, where there's like, oh my god, he's a war veteran, he is technically like a chief like a, he's like a master chief the highest level enlisted man he's not an officer but his equivalence as an officer is a commander and he's like led battles and like he's got like a great war record and he just retired to become a transporter thing he's like oh, i want to spend more time with my wife and kids and he's just like transporting people so they bring him over to ds9 to be like a like an engineer and it's, it's so funny because he's just like the most he's like all right like very blue collar like let's get there you know rolls up his sleeves but the thing about ds9 is if you needed needed like a, a character to to suffer, it was going to be him. Oh, like no. one season, one episode of season, they would give him the most horrible. Like um, he was arrested for a crime he didn't commit, and the prison sentence on that planet is they download a hundred year prison sentence into your brain. And it's no. so like accurate that like it's just your memories now. Like it's oh. like, they almost inception you. So like he didn't do it and they're just like and they like they, they get him out of prison, they unhook him. Cisco's like, what the fuck did you do with my boy? And they tell him he's like, there was no evidence. He's like, oh fuck, we're so sorry. It's like there's no way to delete that? He's like, no, it's there forever. And so he's just gotta move on with his life at oh, like, Lord. like 55, but he's got like the memories of like 185 oh, my years. It's like hugging and, and he's like he's like this <laughs> he's, <like, laughs> he's, <like, laughs> he's like hugging his daughter. He's like oh he's like feeding her and it flashes back and he's like choking out a guy for food uh, but, it's, but it wasn't real but it was yeah. like it's real to him oh so it's God very God. funny. Um, I, I'm laughing now but it's, it's funny. <laughs> yes, uh, hilarious. Uh, and then uh, and this is this is when I knew I, I would be racist even in the future. Uh, one of the characters is, uh, his name's Odo. He's kind of like a, he's the chief of He's Armin uh, right? Uh, no, he's No, a, no, no. Renee O- aubergineau? Wow. Yes. He, uh, uh, th- that's Quark, uh, no, uh, the cork, Ferengi. Quark, sorry, uh, Um uh, Odo is so his arch nemesis. <laughs> Odo's the one that's got kind of like a flat top of
0: his bridge. Yeah, and that guy. Like yes, yes, eyebrows, he's all, the, no all,
2: all, all everything is like yeah, kind of pulled I'm like back. being pulled very
0: back. annoyed with him a lot of the time.
2: Uh, so he's a changeling. And his whole thing is that uh, there's like no concept of gender or individuality. They're just a blob that separates into something when they need to be alone. Relatable. Uh, <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> and, and watching him, I don't know, as a child, I was just like, you know what? I don't like that he's liquid. He Just pick a solid shape and consist with it. I don't know why about changes. I'm like, you can turn in anything. Ah, I don't like this one. Ah, put him in a box. Put him in a <laughs> I don't these people. Get out of here. Um, and then... Uh, I guess uh, I love Garrick, Elam Garrick. He's he's uh, like it's just really funny to have like um, he's like he's like the creed of uh, from the Office of DS9, where he's just that one guy in the back. <laughs> like, who's just I'll do whatever got to be done. Literally, and it, and uh, it, just, he's just he flirts with everyone no matter what, and like it's just the the, the energy is so palpable. I'm like this guy is so sexual. Like, I'm like 15. I'm like I'm learning things. Like, I'm just, <laughs> Should like, I oh, be like this guy got game? Oh, he, he, he got game. <laughs> he got game with everyone are Everybody.
0: we saying that Creed has game from the office absolutely not oh, okay. remember though
2: <laughs> an episode he comes back with uses printer uh, ink to make his hair He's all his jet hair black all I'm like eh,
0: this us this facts. Guy uh, this guy's sucks. got the a secret life
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um, okay I, I was gonna say do you have any fun uh, DS9 facts about like the making of the show or like anything that you're like people gotta know
2: um, yeah. other than Worf coming in literally as a ratings boost uh, it was like with Jerry Ryan coming into Voyager where they were like after season 3 we're like it's kind of dipping a little and they kind of boost it up um, and he
0: really didn't want to come back from, from TNG right because he was really tired of the
2: makeup this is and, what I read And and, and but the money the, but the like money he he is I guess seniority wise yeah. like he has and because there's a, the new show with Picard he is now officially the longest running uh, playing actor mm-hmm. in, in all of them and yep. it's it's so funny. I'm like, good for him. Honestly. Right? And like Get the syndication money. money. Oh, yeah. Man. That's good. That's uh, good cash. I'm trying to think of a fun fact. Um, well, do you guys know about the whole alleged um, DS9 ripped off uh, Babylon 5? Wait, no. What? Okay, what? So, um, I, it, it's, again, it's uh, it, there's no concrete evidence or anything, but uh, the guy who made Babylon 5, which is effectively just DS9. It's a spaceship in the middle of nowhere as like a outpost. Um, it literally has like the same like name and a number like Babylon 5D Space Nine. Oh yeah. Uh, the captains are also religious icons to an alien, alien world. Oh, worlds. interesting. Um, so that guy had pitched to Paramount but they had turned him down but then like six months later they came out with DS9 and then DS9 came out Technically, just production-wise, a year before uh, oh, Babylon no. Five, and so like again concurrently, I think Babylon Five only had five seasons, but DS Nine did the full seven. So there's always like this fandom of like, did they, didn't they? And it's it's kind of similar, but like. You know, I, I you know, how TV works. I, I, I don't want to super up <laughs> It's a great podcast, great yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also,
0: like, you know, I, I'm sure they both went in different directions and had different uh, elements to them. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure, for well, sure. I tried. For sure, for sure. Uh, <laughs> okay, so here's the question: If you could create a Picard-style spinoff for anybody on DS9, who
2: would it be? Oh, that's so good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> ah, we try. Fuck off. We try. Thank from the bottom you. of
2: my heart, and, 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 and that's the best comment I give someone is to go fuck yourself. That was uh, great. That was great. Thank you. I will, I
0: will take that <laughs> All personally.
2: Right. So I think they tried to do a Worf spin-off because there's just so much you can do with yeah, that. It's- uh, one of the guys who was a, uh, he, <laughs> this is my favorite story. Ronald D. Moore is, um, he was just a nerd who took the Star Trek Paramount set tour, gave his script to one of the interns who got it read by. Uh, Rick Berman which was, who was the main producer at that point and kind of got brought in like a year later and they hired him because the spec was so good mm-hmm. that he became like the Klingon guy so he came with all the lore everything yeah. and then he, when he moved into DS9 they came, uh, Worf came over they gave him yeah. more and there's just so much with the culture and like with Worf's background that you could do like he is like a, an intelligence officer and a uh, um, uh, Starfleet officer a security officer but then he's also like uh, a, a potential ambassador for the Klingons there's this whole thing you could do there's just so much it's like Game of Thrones you could do really well with that and Ron D. still making TV shows. Like, he's... he's yeah, but, like... Made okay, for all mankind. Uh, 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 yeah, look, here's the thing, though. Like, uh, <laughs> he, he was really heavy-handed with DS9, and then after that, he went and did Battle, Battle Cell I, Co- was I was going go He's oh, yeah. so reimagining... Which, mm, uh, okay, that's exactly my point, because he <laughs> took shit from... Also, he worked on Voyager, and like, oh, it's a ship trying to make it uh, from one point to another point mm-hmm. with a diminishing number of people. Oh, I'm like, oh, I, I wonder see. where we got that from. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's over reliance on religion. He was one with the whole yeah. Bajorans. And
0: to be to be very clear for those who are like, sorry, what are you saying about Battlestar Galactica? Great show, great show. Oh, I think it's terrible. Um, Half but of it's there's great. There's, there, there, yes, yes, yes. That's that's yes. exactly my point. Is yes. there's, there's, there's Kara is
2: an angel. Get the of Yeah, when out it gets here. you into the like religious nah, stuff, the first season is, is
0: phenomenal, fire, fire. amazing, like fire, but yeah. Just stop at a certain point, and you yeah. will love that show. Anyway, yeah. carry on. Uh,
2: and and, and uh, um, so I feel like uh, there's a lot he would, could do with Worf. Uh, to be honest, you know what would be awesome would be Cork. There's just yeah. so much, uh, f- uh, um, especially in terms of like a business. Like like imagine like uh, like the Facebook movie or or like Severance with him working. You know, like there's so much you could do as him as a boss. Uh, you can just do Cheers, like you know, you could, you could <laughs> have like a Star <laughs> Trek sitcom. Huh? Yeah. Um. Oh my God. Uh, Jadzia Dax died. She would been better than Ezri. Um, uh, Terry uh, Cruz, uh, I don't think it was Terry Cruz, but uh, Terry Jones. She was Jadzia Dax, and she was the only person ever in Star Trek to not renew her contract for that final season. Whoa. So she left and did Becker. I don't know if you guys remember that Ted Danson show. Or I Hot remember of it. Okay, yeah. She, yeah. she, yeah. she, she, that she left lot. that for that,
0: well, uh, and so they brought
2: in some random uh, lady to take over. But it was like uh, basically like a w- only one season to like really cram her in. Oh, we have show. a hot take about this. Um, oh, yeah. I would love to hear about that, please. Um, uh, ooh, no, oh, Nog's dead. Uh, that's R.I.P. to the goat. Aaron Eisberg, great character. He was very much beloved. He was like 50 playing a 12-year-old boy. He, he really worked it. Uh, I would probably have to say uh, Quark or Worf. Um, uh, Bashir's too cute. You uh, can't do anything with him. <laughs> uh, Kira. If they did like a like a kira's in charge of ds9 i'd watch the shit out of the show Come i would on. camp outside i would throw scripts at the window she was such a badass
0: oh that's badass. awesome okay we are gonna move on to our hot takes because i feel like you're Let's ready go, for go, go, but go, 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 go. um before we do that i do want to ask what's the nerdiest thing you have done for this fandom or in this fandom i have a feeling that's gonna be a hard question
2: <laughs> i i uh, you, uh listen i got like a fucking hard drive of like Scripts that I've just written for like everything. Well, like I have like a Voyager script I just wrote. Like it's like a spec script. Just for fun. I've just for fun. Um, I've re- oh, man. I don't know. Uh, I think the nerdiest thing was <laughs> <laughs> Ottawa had its very first Comic Con in like 2012, and I spent every dime I had. Uh, to get the VIP package because William Shatner was coming because he's a Canadian guy. Yeah. And I wore like a full suit. I'm the only nerd in a suit. Everyone else is like a flip-flop stinking. I'm just standing there in like a nice suit. Uh, And uh, he did the craziest Q&A. He was off his mind on Oxy's. This guy guy was like, Oh my God. Came in 20 minutes. He's (laughs) like, What's up, fuckers? Everyone's like, Yeah! I was losing the shit. Wow. Uh, He was telling the wildest stories about how... I think it was not Undiscovered Country. It, it was on with the whales uh, where he's like, after Search for Spock, uh, um, they gave Nimoy the keys to the franchise, like, do whatever you want. And then Nimoy went to the woods, did a bunch of peyote, came back, he's like, we're going to do a movie about the environment. And everyone's like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. And, did the whole thing, and he's the best story ever. And like he stops in the middle of it, He's like, hey, uh, uh, do you mind if I take this call? And he takes a call. And he's like, let me ask. He's like, should, should I do this show? It's, it's something about twits. Twits? Should I do the show? Everyone's just like, yeah. He's like, oh, I'll fucking do it. So, do you guys remember this Twitter account called "Shit My Dad Says"? Yes. And how they turned it into a TV show. Wait, you were there when
0: he got that? Oh M- my how God! Starring William
2: Shatner. Oh my God! Me <laughs> and three hundred nerds at Comic Con were like, "Do it!" Uh, and then one of the, like the this is why he's my guy they do a QA, and a everyone lines up uh, everyone's just being thankful because it's all of has have replied like thank you so much for starting he's like yeah hey, I fucking killed her right everyone's like yeah and some little <laughs> wow. girl goes up to tell a question and like for lack of better words before they were called this but insults. there's like a neck beard kind of guy kind of like basically kind of cuts her off and pushes her out of the way everyone's like oh and he lifts her up and he goes get that piece of shit out of here. <laughs> everyone's like cheering security goes up and this is the most boss move. He goes come here and he's like on a podium and he pulls something out of his pocket and Like it looks like he's giving her like a card or something but the motherfucker gave her a hundred dollar American bill what the and hell? she didn't even ask a question she just went back to the thing I'm like he is my captain. Oh my god. I will die for him. <laughs> my captain, my king.
0: <laughs> that
2: is. That was the best money I've ever spent in my life. That is so Holy chaotic. Shit. That is so chaotic. Chaotic, see, good. chaotic. I don't know
1: that I would have ever previously thought I'm gonna spend some money to go see uh, William Shatner but I feel like like after uh, this I'd be
2: like how could you not uh, I, uh, Chelsea has stopped me because it is too much money uh, from going to like something like T- Terragoga North like it's North uh, um, State New York to T- Terragoga whatever they have an actual Star Trek like for some reason like a, a museum there they have the authentic sets they have the chair Holy like shit. that and but like he was doing a like talk and the tickets were like a thousand bucks. I was like, I can pay I this off. I can I can do this. She's I have a thousand
0: dollars somewhere. Dark. Somewhere I can make it. <laughs>
2: no, but yes, please continue hot text. Please. please, please. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay.
0: Well, uh, before we get into that, we do have to uh, talk to you a little bit about our lovely friends at teapublic.com, uh, where you are going to find your next favorite tea. Um, so, Teapublic is a website that has unique and nerdy designs available on basically everything you can think of from t shirts to tank tops. You can get them on hoodie, hoodies and mugs. You can get them as wall art. You You can get pillow. You can get it. Pretty much anything you want to put in your house, Um, and you can find any design that you want and put it, uh, customize it any way you like.
1: Yo, you want to customize your own size? You can. Want to customize color? You can. Want to customize fabric? You, you can. can. You can do it on any piece of clothing. Uh, our store, we fill up uh, with a bunch of fun designs. So after every single episode we record, we go into TeePublic and we're like, let's creep a bit and see if we can find a fun design on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So any episode that we've done, there is a design on our store that we have hand-picked from an artist. Uh, all designs are made by indie artists who get uh, a fair commission for their work. And when you buy a shirt from our store, you're supporting not only that person, but you are supporting this podcast. Woohoo! So head to teepublic.thefandomshow.com to check out all all of our merch and your favorite designs from T That is teepublic.thefandomshow.com. And thank you so much T for your support. Thank on you this so show. much. We thank love you.
2: you. All I'm, right. I'm not even kidding. I'm I'm buying a shirt right now. Oh my god. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this one says never this forget Wolf three five nine. Oh my god. Okay, Cute. we're gonna, we're gonna start that's it. gonna go in the store. Four three nine store. eight nine point one. Yeah. 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 So we're putting this started. in the
1: store. You can have the same shirt that He's is gonna have. Also, he's currently wearing a really sick Klingons. It's a Lakers.
0: Raiders. 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 Yeah, which is even better Klingon Raiders. That's very, very funny to Incredible. me. Incredible. Um, okay, right. so while you are buying that t-shirt, we are going to throw some hot takes at you. Are you ready?
1: Hell yeah. I got to start I, with this first one. It's from uh, oh, the it person who recorded our Star Trek, The Next Generation, Podcast Shannon LaHaye, friend nice, of the podcast. Nice, yes. Esri Dax was a wasted opportunity. They essentially took the chance to bring Dax back as some very different alternative to yep. Jadzia yep. and wasted it to instead just replace yep. her with a younger carbon copy yep. with less agency. Therefore, yes. the storylines were all the same tired yep. ones, and it would have been better to just not bring Dax yep. back at
2: all. Absolutely, hard oh. yes, absolutely. Uh, so her, 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 her Nicole De very nice lady. Like, but she was. I'm going to sound like, a, like I don't sound like a, like a pig, but like she was like a cute little thing they could put in like a suit and be like it's Jedzia but 2.0 you know kind of a thing <laughs> oh, terrible yeah. cause they fucking jammed uh, um, Jedzia and Worf got married it's a very fun uh, is Jadzia um,
1: the one with the stuff on the side yes, of her face yes j- the yeah, trails, the little dots and the
2: slug in her tummy which is how they do the carryover there was a great thing Curzon Dax which was uh, Ben Sisko's uh, uh, mentor and when he was coming up like uh, his guy that if you will, slug transferred into Jed Zia, who was just like a twenty-six-year-old uh, scientist for Starfleet, but like she has the memories of all the hosts uh, previously. Oh, so, like, like the yeah. doctor, yeah, and, and, and so she, he calls her old man because like there's kind of a throwback because he knows the symbiote separately from the person. So Jed Z and him have like a really nice, like, f- like friendly, uh, kind of like a Liz Lemon, uh, uh, Jack Donaghy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. no sexual <laughs> tension; just good friends. And Ezri, they just jam that in, and like they could have had nothing. They could have made her anybody but or like you said uh, uh, like he said not have her at all because they just started a romance again but like Worf's like just wife just died and he's like this is not her but like maybe it is I'm like you, you could why why yeah. it's was wasted uh. absolute waste Ugh. hot take plus she Came was a therapist that. so that, that would have been a lot of fun if they just brought a therapist not made her judge, just yeah. like a therapist Oh, everyone has trauma. <laughs>
0: Shocking! <laughs> In Star Trek, never. No. Okay. So, how about this one? Chief O'Brien was the back, backbone of that crew. He was reliable, dependable, and could get the job done, whatever it was, and was per- perfectly imperfect.
2: Listen, I know this is going to be fun. It sounds uh, funny, but I, I, I don't. I, again, I'm I'm pro everybody, but they tried to cancel Miles O'Brien for basically being a cisgender white guy on Star Trek. It's like, what does he do? I'm like holds. Everything together. His nickname is Glue. There are entire episodes where everything is falling apart and the unflappable O'Brien comes in. He's like, I got you covered. Like, he's the guy who's holding the door when everyone escapes. Like, he's such... uh, And uh, also, great... uh, focal, like kind of like a like a not a lens, but so much like a mirror to hold back. Because like he's a family man, loves yeah. his wife, loves his kids. He likes to play darts. Goes to the pub for a drink afterwards. He's like he's just like a good dude, and everyone's falling apart. Cause like uh, um you know everyone has a conflicts. and you know, Corks fighting with Odo, Jetties and a thing with her husband. Uh, you know, but Cisco's like I gotta go see God, but he's just like <laughs> oh, right, I, I got it all covered. Like he's he's that guy. Like if shit went down, like he's the guy. Do think he's life. like an
1: audience proxy? Like he's kind of like the man on the ship while all this crazy shit's going on.
2: I would, um, I would take it one step further. He's there, so your dad will still watch the show. Like you know, <laughs> like, I mean, right. like a Scotty yeah. or like a like a you know a Riker, like a yeah. kind of like a. I don't understand why there's so many coloreds and women's. Before, it used to be just white guys. It's like oh, this one, we got one for you. We got one yeah, for
0: you. He's he's for you. You're your token white guy. And <laughs> uh,
2: Just I gotta be honest. If you just I, I gotta um I'll I'll tag it in afterwards. But there's that one episode where the prison episode. It's just so funny to see him just. Be um, ripped apart as a, uh, as like, a, uh, and then just back uh, go go back to work the next day. He's like, ah, fuck, I forgot to change this. And just changes the life of like nothing. He's like, <laughs> back oh, to goodness. the minds. I love oh, it. It's oh, such goodness. a good vibe.
1: Okay. Dax and Odo would have been better than Cisco at being in charge.
2: No, Dax. Uh, the problem was D- Dax is symbiote. Yes, because you have 500 years of uh, mental everything. Sure, but Jedziah. No, Jedziah was like a party girl. She was out there having fun, uh, not responsible whatsoever. She showed up to work like drunk. Sometimes still, she was fun. Odo is a like a liberal fascist. Like he's just like, oh, I gotta hold, keep up the rules, cause like you know they're the rules. He's like you know the rules are enforcing slavery. He's like, but they're the rules. Like but he's the just rules. he's like they're a neutral status quo. Yeah, very much status Protected quo. Like, at all costs. And 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 not because he's like, but because the because to him he he was the, the 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 cop or the sheriff during the occupation. So he saw open slavery. And he's just like, listen. You guys have more freedoms than before. Do you remember how bad it was before? Like, you got eight freedoms now. Just enjoy those. You used to have zero freedoms before kind of vibe. Right, right, right. And also, he was always so sad trying to find his parents. Like, yeah, all right, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, <just laughs> Okay, how about this? With the possible exception of Cisco's relationships, everyone seems to be forced into heteronormativity against the character's nature. Yes. Bashir and Garak had more chemistry than any canon couple, yes. and so did Jadzia and Kira, but because of the era it was written in, Rick Berman. We had to watch Bashir being <laughs> a Berman. sex pest around women until they Rick killed Berman. off Jadzia and gave him Ezra Rick as a Berman. prize for learning to be nice around women, Rick Berman. Rick Berman. <laughs> Rick Berman. Uh, again, uh, this is
2: just what I've read off the internet. Please don't fire us or get us in trouble, but yes, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, Kira and Jadzia was really cute because they had like a sisterly vibe. But again, I don't know if it's just direction from someone, but like everyone just holds their like eyes just a little long at the end. Where I'm like, are you guys gonna kiss? <sighs> like, is, this is actually a really nice moment. Like, like, but it's just friendship. I'm like, all right, fine. I thought it was like a romance thing. If you insist. And and um, so, like, they had to make Bashir unlikable. Like, this was the thing um, that. People didn't understand because they went in thinking it was going to be classic episode of the week. Every character is going to be the same. There's no progress. Yep. But because they knew this was going to be serialized, they need to be like, it's like Game of Thrones. So you have like a piece of shit character has a redemption arc. They really, and again, this, is, this isn't this is like 10 episodes. This is 24 yep. peak episodes. Like Back he in was, the day. He was a piece of shit for 24 episodes in a row for two years in a row. Uh. Like, of course, no one's going to like him. Yep. But then they have... But but they needed to make him a piece of shit, and then like he kind of like mellows out. He becomes a little bit more mature. He has real relationships. Um, again, I don't think they played his romances very well because also funnily enough, him and Kira in real life uh, um, marry and have oh, a kid, oh, uh, but then they also nice. divorce. Um, so Aww. Uh, so that, that was kind of like a weird thing. Um, I agree. Yeah yeah. Uh, it'd be nice to have some gay relationships, uh, and this is why I like new Trek, like Discovery. They make it a point. Although <laughs> it always made me laugh. I'm like you like what was, and I know it has to be. Outside in like life prejudice, not like uh you know, using the justification of like world logic. Cause I'm like, we're fucking aliens, bro. Like this this gender is a construct. Who cares yeah. who's kissing whom? Yeah. You gotta worry about if the tubes match the state. You know I mean? like, <laughs> yeah, what like, touches wearing where? Everyone can kiss. So I'm like, for sure it was him being like, mm, I don't like it. I'm like, oh great. Cause then again, it's a waste of storylines. Cause you could have yeah. had so much more back when it was Really, like uh, something to talk about even more than now. Like, again, they, every Brooks really blacked it up because he's like, I'm a single black father. I'm like, a, a, I don't want to say Cosby, but I need a better reference, but like <laughs> like, a, like a black sitcom, like a, like a Fresh Prince. Yeah. Where like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, and then they, they talk about, um, oh, there's this one episode, I, I wrote it down. This is why DS9 is special because no other series kind of does this, but um, it's called Far Beyond the Stars where Cisco has a meltdown about how many people keep dying in the war so he basically like like has spirals and hallucinates himself as a black sci-fi writer in the 1950s working at a publication Whoa. where he's trying to pitch the idea of DS9, we're like a black captain in the future with his son and and all this other stuff, and um, Odo, uh, who's uh, like a very classically trained uh, um, a Broadway actor, um, him, um, uh, Benjamin Cisco and, and Kira are trying to get their stories <laughs> pitched. He's like, no, oh, I will think about it. It's like a oh, about a woman in space. I'm sorry, about black in space. All right. And the next day, they're like, okay, we're having a a, a team um, picture, but Cisco uh, uh, and Kira, can you just Stay over there. Like oh. our, our, the, the, our readers aren't gonna want like a Negro and a woman, you know, like you know, and this and it, and, and and like I love it because I'm like I get it. it, it, it there's an like, experience and he threw it in, but I'm like I don't like the like the gay version of that. Like that would have been nice yeah. to yeah. have in like the 90s, but again, Rick Berman. All right. <laughs>
1: I just want to throw now, I know you came with some
2: hot takes yeah, that you want to get sense. out Oh, no, I've yelled them all already. Oh, oh amazing. Great, <laughs> um, great, great. I, got I, any I like any it serialized. Others? I like the war. I don't like the religion. Um, uh, what else? What else? I, I like that it was dark. It's consulting um, his notes for those yeah. of you who are... You know, uh, this is less of a, a thing, but like, do you guys understand the concept of the Mirror Universe episodes? You guys, you guys know a trick enough about that? Uh, a little bit, uh, yeah. So in TOS there was just kind of a throwaway thing again. Like they had like s- two sets and no money. Right. So they're like, what do we do? Uh, we're in a different evil universe and Everyone um, has goatees. That's right? it. And that's that's, the where, the, that's thing. where it comes from. The exactly. Com- the community. Uh, uh, oh my god. Uh, uh, the, alter- the bad timeline. So yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It was a throwaway thing. It was very comical, but like kind of poignant because it, like it's it's like a you're driven by your base instincts like and that concept. And then I don't know why, but I guess they were just trying to poach some stuff. But there are like. One too many mirror episodes, uh, mirror universe episodes <laughs> in DS Nine. Where all of a sudden, like Kira's in like bondage gear, and like Bashir and uh, 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 Miles are like like piece of shit freedom fighters, and like Cisco's like a badass pirate, and like just randomly for no reason, like when there's been a lull, they're like, oh we don't we don't have anything on like the schedule, throw in a mirror universe episode. They just mm-hmm. kind of toss that in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I was like, okay. And then a little later on, again, this is. I guess like someone had the idea, and they had like one season left, but they throw in the concept of um, federation, and again, it's war. Like you get to see like the um, uh, the darker side of federation. Like the Maquis are terrorists because the Federation seceded Federation land to Cardassians in a war thing but they didn't have any protections like you're just with them now like, we're just giving up this you either come back home or and they've like they've lived there for like 50 years they are colonizers they've, they've built a whole life there like they went to a random planet and they built the life and they're just no and they're like okay well peace and so they start defending themselves from the Cardassians, that they get considered terrorists They keep the peace the federations like ah oh, you're, you're, you're terrorists. we can't help you or whatever so like you know uh, uh, there's <laughs> so uh, that's something you don't really hear about and then you didn't know this, but Federation also has its own secret intelligence service, Section 31, which is this, like, clandestine, behind-the-cold like, the actual spies, like, equivalent to all the other monsters the Federation says are, you know, we don't have ours, but they have theirs kind of thing. Ooh, and, cool. again, they just kind of—and it's really fun. Uh, the, the, the episodes are great. It, it gives Julian Bashir a little bit more flexibility because, like, they give him some depth. That he's like, oh, I want to help, but, like, I am trying to be good kind of yeah. a thing. But then it just stops. And there's just one scene, like a, a couple of Mirror episodes, see, and then just it disappears. And I'm like, okay. And then for some reason, when they did Discovery, the first, in, this is the big twist, is the entire first season is the captain they think is theirs is from the Mirror Universe. Oh, and then no, every Trekkie us. is just like, cool. Because <laughs> it was a gimmick that they used from like... 15, 20 years you've ago. You've been there, you've done it, that. And every new person's just like, I don't understand, what, What? what your universe. Like it yeah. was just meaningless. Oh, so it's for no one. That's what I'm saying. I see. yeah, yeah, yeah. So is it that kind of stuff, I am just like, mm, I don't know, I, now I find like a boomer Trekkie, I'm like, the new stuff is terrible.
0: <laughs> well, here's the last question. What If you were to create like a new series, cause I know you're a writer, you're a it's creator. It's called Federation,
2: and what it would be is <laughs> the West Wing, but Star Trek. So oh, you follow the, out that. the president and his cabinet, and like you know, the because again, it it combines everything. Cause like, there could be a war happening, but you don't actually have to have the set. It's just in an office kind of vibe. And like I just love the concept of like the geopolitical problems that they have and yeah. DS9 did feed into that but literally no other Trek but absolutely yeah if you guys want to read my specs I have, have it right at
0: home <laughs> amazing Sheesh. Chelsea
2: won't read it but someone else will please <laughs>
1: I'll, read it. I'll read the shit out of it
0: absolutely I don't even know that much about Star
1: Trek and I'll read the shit out of it uh, so at the end of every episode we like to share our micro fandoms of the week which we'll do in just one moment but before we do uh, we'd love to talk a bit about, about uh, the show and should you choose to how you can support it uh, you're already doing the very best one which is just listening so thank you so much you can also reach out to us, follow us, um, just say, sup, send us fun gifts at Fandom Show Pod on Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, also, please tell your nerdiest friends about us. And if you can, get on uh, your podcast provider of choice, though ideally Apple Podcasts, do a little rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us what you, are you on the side of the Federation? Are you into Romulans? Put whichever is your favorite alien race on there. Yeah, how I do
0: don't... you feel about the mirror universe?
1: Because <laughs> uh, even just that one little- Tag me, cowards, I want to hear it. <laughs> Uh, even one word review helps us move up in the charts and helps us get uh, more people listening so we would love that.
0: As we mentioned the show will always be free but if you do want to support you can check out patreon.com slash the fandom show and you can get all sorts of cool extra content um, and so on and so forth. And last but not least our theme song is by Yusu Kim and our logo is by the wonderful John Blair. Alright we are now yeah, on J.B. to JB, J.B. Um, and we are now on to our micro fandoms uh, for the week. Uh, Steph what is your micro fandom this week? At the time of recording
1: this podcast, (laughs) it is the day before we are going to my very first renaissance fair ever. I have wanted to go to a renaissance fair my whole life. They're so staple in pop culture TV shows, like so many different shows end up at a renaissance fair. Getting dressed up? No, I'm too shy. I'm too shy to get dressed up. This is a preliminary Yeah, we're just sussing it out because there's another renaissance fair later in the summer at that. If, you know, I don't
2: know. One one of the funniest things I've ever seen was um, they had a picture of um, a bunch of people dressed in original series outfits. And they were like they had beamed down to oh my a, god like a medieval world, and they were just cosplaying as like Star Trek officers. Do you want that to come tomorrow in a Star Trek funny. outfit? Because uh, I, I have work, but I, you please no. the next time I would j- I have oh I have god. one at home again. It's a full DS Nine uh, Captain Cisco outfit. I will come as. <laughs> as an away machine. I, <laughs> I love nerds. I love nerds.
1: I love nerds so oh. much. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, this is my big micro fan right now. Yo. I'm so excited to go to it. I'm going to try to find a smoked turkey leg. It'd be a classic run Oh my god, vibes. yes. I know,
0: right? Like uh, Steph anyways. is almost exclusively excited for the turkey leg. I'm in, in for the turkey leg. I'm truly in the Process of this it so many times. So excited. Time. excited. Kai, what are you nerding out about? Okay, well I just read um if you know of the book Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari, um I just read his follow-up book, uh, Um, two removed I think he has three books Uh, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century and uh, I found it really good because it talked about um, you know a lot about what the future is going to look like with AI and with all the various like post-truth things Um, and it was really good it it left me like hopeful that we we still have room to to fix and change things and
2: what was your one takeaway from that Ooh, um, oh, oh what, what Nostradamus prediction can you give us?
0: Oh, boy. Um, well, one of the things that he mentioned was that uh, if AI continues in the way, it's going to continue. Yes. And mind you, he wrote this in 2018, pre-chat GPT oh, and so off. on okay. and so forth. Yeah. He, was gonna, he was saying that uh, it'll probably create potentially a like useless class of people and uh, useless in, in quotation marks in that they won't be able to have jobs because there simply won't be enough jobs. Because the, G-
2: the, 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 the AI took them.
0: Exactly. So that we need to kind of reassess what society looks like if people aren't working for a living, and that Holy maybe pho- like philosophers are going to kind of become more essential jobs as we're figuring out what it means to be human the and ethics what we and do everything. With,
2: isn't it yeah. insane that they, the AIs took like the fun jobs and not like the hard jobs? It is truly yeah, unacceptable. I mean, take the shit jobs, please. Let yeah. us just be the thing. Automate everything, and give everyone serve, and then just let us make art. That, like, come yeah,
0: on. That literally is my dream world. I don't know whose dream world it isn't. Just Capitalists, let us do the dudes or Ferengis. Ugh. <laughs> That's very upsetting to me. Anyway, so that it's a it's a fascinating read. Like, even That's if you awesome. don't agree with ev- everything in it, it really gets you thinking about what you kind of want your future to look like. Oh, you my know?
2: God. I hope I die before any of that happens. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> It'll be fine.
2: <laughs> you can't see uh, their face, but they're freaking out. <laughs> All right. What about you? He's... Um, this is this is too niche. Uh, this is all for the uh, boomer demographic. Um, you are I'm, not a boomer. You have oh, said times. I am a immigrant who came in the time <laughs> where the values that were put upon me was to become a boomer. I get a house and a car yeah. and like Best a wife scenario. and two and half kids. You know, like like I need that thing. Um, so there's a, there's a <laughs> I guess the History Channel ran out of history, so they started doing reality <laughs> TV shows. Yep. And there's a very oh, so n- niche accurate. show called. Forged in Fire, where (gasps) the concept is four bladesmiths. These are like either amateur or professional smiths will come and like they have literally four hours to make the best knife they can make possible. And the top two compete to make a sword of the week. So like a samurai sword or like a, a saber or something. And I don't know what primitive lizard part like it connects to but I watch this and like Chelsea comes in and I I, I give her like breakdowns of like tips I'm like yo, yeah, you know when the when we're fighting for water in 10 years like I can make a sword she's like thanks and, like just moves on <laughs> just me like this far just like, inches away from the screen absorbing all the information I <laughs> it's like I'm so obsessed and I it's useless I, can, I can't this is not a skill I can transfer or do nope. in downtown Toronto but when the time comes I'll make a good spoon there are places you can do metal don't work. Tell me. Intro I have job. money that I should not be spending that <laughs> I will so spend sorry, on Chelsea, this stuff. So shit. That,
0: that's Kirk money, man. You gotta save that. <laughs> Yo, honestly,
2: he's got it's like uh watching Elton John like on his last tour. I'm like, Shatner's got one left in him and that's it. I gotta go yeah. get a nice picture. Yeah. I gotta I gotta get in my new suit. Maybe bring Chelsea and be like, This is my father, just take a nice picture the photo, <laughs> in front of him. Put him on Christmas cards and shit. Oh. I feel
0: like this is like the Eagles going on one last tour like ten times. So that's that Shatner. Just being like one more
2: Comic Con. Oh god. Uh, he is he is the I'm going to go um, uh, personally, uh, Kirk, uh, Cisco, Janeway, Picard. Wow. But in terms of actual, uh, I would actually, you know what? Um, this is going to be scandalous. And this is talking about captaining. Um, I, I would say. Sisko uh, and Janeway are tied because Janeway does not get her credit. She does not uh, thank you very uh, much. Then it's Kirk and Picard's not on the fucking list. Oh my God.
0: Oh, oh my God. Okay, well, uh, stay tuned for uh, the second episode uh, that we <laughs> record with Heesh because we gotta unpack uh-huh. that but what? we have run out we of time. We, uh, so anyway, um, thank you so ah! much to you, Heesh. We will ah! most certainly be bringing you back because, <laughs> wow, what a thing to drop at the very end. I want to get you and Shannon here and just Absolutely. let you go. <laughs> um, where can people find you to uh, to talk Talk about that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're gonna find get me some at
2: Instagram and at TikTok, uh, on TikTok at Hisham Kalati, Hisham K E L A T I. I will be dropping lots of food, Lakers, and uh, lots of starch <laughs> and stuff. Uh, so please check me out.
1: Uh, and anything you want to plug?
2: Um. Nothing. I'm. Uh, I'm just chilling. Nothing uh, at all. I got an album. If you want to look it, look it up, but I'll. If you really want to listen to it, I'm gonna make you Google it. So go and Google it.
0: Wow. <laughs> Power move. And uh, till next time, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Live long and prosper. The Phantom Show. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as webcomics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.